It has been said that readers become what they read. Meaning, if you spend enough time immersed in something, you can turn out to be what you are reading and even start acting and thinking and dressing like the characters. That's because readers become what they read. That's actually our big idea for today. Readers become what they read. So the encouragement and the challenge for us is to read the word of God and immerse yourself in what he has given to us. Eugene Peterson, in a book where he describes the art of spiritual reading, said this, Words spoken and listened to, written and read, are intended to do something in us, give health and wholeness, vitality and holiness, wisdom and hope. As I think about the art of reading scripture and coming to Life Verse 2023, where the encouragement for all of us, from the oldest person here at Valley Point to the youngest person that can understand, to find a verse or two to search the scriptures and ask God to give us a verse or two or three that we can use as a guide for 2023. Here are just a couple of questions for us to consider. Number one, what words are you putting into your life? As you think about coming out of one year and stepping into a new one, what words are you putting into your life? And the second question is this, what is the dominant word source shaping your life? Is it a book? Is it the internet? Is it a person? Is it the word of God? What is the dominant word source shaping your life? And I guess we could ask, is that word source giving health and wholeness, vitality and holiness, wisdom and hope? Keep thinking about these two questions as we move through our time. What words are you putting into your life, and what is the dominant word source shaping your life? In a rather bizarre, you could say, passage of Scripture, we find Ezekiel, an Old Testament prophet, having a vision where God comes to him and asks him to talk to the people of Israel, God's people, who were rebelling against God and deliver a message to them. So with your Bible or your device, please join me in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel comes right after the book of Lamentations and right before the book of Daniel. Here's Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 8. God is speaking here and he says, Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in their rebellion. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I, Ezekiel, looked and I saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled. And I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow, and pronouncements of doom. Chapter 3, verse 1. 
the voice said to me, son of man, eat what I am giving you. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Strange, isn't it? Eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. I think that's kind of weird. Well, in a very similar scene, we find in Jeremiah, another Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, something very similar. Jeremiah says in the text here, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. I ate them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. Eating the words of God, eating the scroll, this is all a little strange. Well, in yet another scene in Revelation, we find John, and here's what he says in Revelation chapter 10, verse 9. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. <laughs> take it and eat it. Well, what we find in these passages is that God is interacting with Jeremiah and Ezekiel and John, and they are encouraged to eat the words, eat the book. Eat the scroll. And I don't think they actually ate the book or the scroll. I think what we can understand this to mean is get these words into your heart and into your life. Remember them so that you can share these words with my people who desperately need to hear from me. So eat the book. Eat the scroll. Eat these words. Digest them. Get them inside of you because I need you to remember them and pass them on to my people. I feel I can connect with this a little bit. I love books and I love to read. I've tried reading from devices and I've tried reading from my phone, but that just doesn't work for, for me. I have to have the actual book in my hands and to feel the paper and to see what's happening here. And I like getting the words of a book into me by highlighting and underlining. If you were to ever borrow a book from me, you would see it marked up almost every page. I just go to town and circle things and initial things and put stars and put question marks next to things that I don't understand. And I do that because that's a way that I can get the text or the words into my mind and into my heart so that I can remember them. Often when I am studying and researching and writing talks to share with you, I will remember something from a book that I read in the past. And I will say, oh, that book on page 15 on the right-hand side, I circled something, and it is what I need for this particular talk. But if I'm here at the church studying and researching, often that book tends to be at home. You never have the books you need with you when you actually need them. So I will call Tanya if she's at home, and I will say, Tanya, I need your help. There's a yellow book 
on the bookshelf downstairs. And if you open it up on page 15 on the right-hand side, I circled something. And can you read that to me? Because I need it for this talk that I'm writing. And it's good and appropriate. And can you help me? Well, Tanya reads a lot of the same books that I read. And she will say, you know, I really think that book was green. And I will say, there's no way that book was green. I can picture it in my mind. I see the artwork on the cover. It's a yellow book. Just please see if you can find it and turn to page 15. So she'll look and she can't find it. And then we find it later. And of course, the book is green. (laughs) Go Tanya. And it was on a different shelf than I thought. And the quote was on page 30, not page 15. But we found it. We found it, and that quote was inside of me. I just needed to locate it so that I could share it with you or share it in whatever context I needed to. The other thing I love about books is that when you get a new book, and those of you who love books, you'll know this to be true. I just got a new book by a great scholar named Linda Belleville on Philippians. We're going to be doing some study in the book of Philippians starting in February, so I bought a bunch of books, and as soon as they come in the mail from Amazon, I open the box, and I pull out the book, and the first thing is, (sighs) I love the smell of new books. It's just amazing to me. You know, some people like the smell of flowers or steak when it's cooking or fine wine, but for me, it is the smell of a great book is just incredible. Now, that's probably a really poor way to talk about what happened to Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and John, but you get the idea. You get the idea. Eat the book. Get these words inside of you so that you can pass them on to my people. Readers become what they read. That's why since 2013, we have started the year here at Valley Point with an emphasis on reading the scripture, all of us. Get a reading plan of some kind and you get to choose whatever that looks like for you and whatever you think you need and whatever you can handle, but get a reading plan and dive into scripture and just find a verse or two that you can use as a way to guide you through whatever happens in 2023. The reality is we know some things that are going to happen. We have plans and dreams and goals and maybe those things are even on a calendar, but there are also so many things that will disrupt our lives in the coming year that we cannot plan for today. And when those things come, whether they are challenging or really filled with joy for us, we need the Word of God guiding us all along the way. So that's why we start the year with an emphasis on get a plan and search the scriptures for a verse or two. Why do we do this? It works. It it just works. We've been doing this now for a decade. And I can tell you, unequivocally, it works. Many of you know this to be true. Through the years I've been with people facing really challenging situations that overwhelm. And often in those cases, there's not a lot to say. And you're really better off not saying anything at all. Just presence is what matters. 
But sometimes, if I know they were involved in the theme, I will ask, by the way, what was your life verse this year? What did you choose? And often we forget about what we've chosen because life takes over and we'll go back and they'll pull that out and it is like an epiphany for them. Like God gave me that verse for this moment right here. God gave this to me. He did. He did. I've been at death's door with some and have asked about their life verse and have used that to provide some level of comfort. I've officiated weddings and I've shared with the crowd, hey, these two picked some life verses at the beginning of the year and here's what they said, here's what they picked and it's shocking how appropriate that is in that context. Listen, doing this works, whether you've done it a lot or maybe this is your first time ever picking out a verse or even thinking about this, it just works And I believe it is worth our best effort to dive into this and to give it good time and to be serious about it and to pick something that guides us because readers become what they read. Maybe you have walked through this before and perhaps you are excited to do it again. That's great. Welcome to Life Verse 2023. Or maybe you're thinking, can I just stick with the verse that I chose last year? It was great. I loved it. It was a help, and I don't think I want to walk through this again. I want to encourage you to hang in there, okay? My hope is that you are energized once again with the beauty and the power of Scripture and how God meets us here and gives us exactly what we need. And readers become what they read. Or maybe you would consider yourself to be a skeptic when it comes to the Bible, like, I'm just not so sure that it is what people say it is, and I don't know if I want to engage in this. My encouragement would be just take this in one week at a time and see what happens. Before the practical stuff of how we begin the search and the journey, I want to share two thinking points. The first one is a definition of the Bible. Maybe you've never thought about how do you define what God gave to us. I want to provide a definition and then we'll kind of tear that apart and think about the different pieces to it. And then the second thinking point is about God and language. Because God did record stuff for us to enjoy, to learn about him and to understand his purposes in the world and to also comprehend how deeply he loves us and how we can enter into a forever friendship with him and live on purpose. God gave us something in words. He used language, and so we want to consider that. Let's begin with the definition of the Bible. The Bible is God's story given to us in love in the form of words. The Bible is God's story given to us in love in the form of words. Let's break that down a bit. The Bible is God's story. It's the story of Israel, and that's what we find in the Old Testament, as revealed in the person of Jesus. And that's what we discover in the New Testament, that Jesus came. He lived and died and rose again, paying the price for our sins. So the the Bible, it's God's story, the story of Israel as revealed in the person of Jesus. That's God's story. Next week, I will share more about God's story that provides 
a scope of the entire Bible. So if you have ever wondered, what is the story of the Bible? What is the overarching theme of all of this? I would encourage you to come back next week. So the Bible is God's story. That's the first part. The story of Israel as resolved in the person of Jesus. The second part, given to us in love. Here's something to consider. God did not hide from us. God came to rescue and redeem and restore. All of that was driven by his deep love for us. The Bible helps us to know and see and feel and respond to this loving God. So the Bible is God's story, the story of Israel as resolved in the person of Jesus, given to us in love. God came to rescue and redeem because he loves us. The third part is all of this came in the form of words so that we can read about and know God because readers become what they read. So God delivered to us a story, the story of Israel as resolved in the person of Jesus, given to us in love in the form of words so that we can know God. That's why we owe it to ourselves. I really believe this to be true. We owe it to ourselves to say no to other things so that we can pick up the word of God and immerse our minds in this and allow scripture to form and shape us into the image of God's beloved son, Jesus Christ. We owe it to ourselves to give time to this because readers become what they read. The second thinking point relates to God and language, and I love what scholar Scott McKnight says about this. God chose to communicate in language, Since language is always shaped by context, and since God chose to speak to us over time through many writers, God also chose to speak to us in a variety of ways and expressions, and I believe this is what makes the Bible so interesting and captivating and real for us today, and why we need to be in it. The Bible, God's story given to us in love, in the form of words, in the form of language. And we owe it to ourselves to pick up the word of God and to find a verse or two to use as our own in this new year. That leads us to our takeaways and the practical section here where we will begin to think about how we can actually go about the process of doing this All of these takeaways may not be new information for you if you've walked through life first before, you've heard these things, but I hope you're refreshed and encouraged to go back and to do the very things that draw us into the presence of God. And we have to constantly be reminded of what is important and valuable. So not all new information for everyone, but I would encourage you to consider this as you begin your own journey. So takeaway number one, step into the story by choosing a reading plan and a place. The story is referring to God's story, given to us in love in the form of words. So step into the story, and the way we begin to do that is we choose a plan and a place. Let's talk about those components. A plan. 
How will you approach meeting God in his word? How will you do that? I really think we need a plan. Otherwise, we become overwhelmed and the Bible is complexing and confusing at times and we'll give up too easily if we don't have a plan or a systematic way that gets us regularly into the word of God. So if you don't choose a plan, I think reading scriptures in a consistent way, in a regular way, will probably fall by the wayside like a lot of other resolutions that we tend to make. We'll just give up on it. So a plan, while it sounds really simple, is very important. So let me talk to you about some potential plans that you can step into that will immerse your mind in the Word of God. One is version. You can find that as an app. You can also find it online. version is a comprehensive Bible reading structure that has the entire Bible there, but it also has all kinds of different plans. And you can go in and look at those plans once you download the app or look at it online and you can pick out something that sounds interesting to you, a seven-day plan, a 30-day plan, a three-month plan. There's even topics, so if there's something that's a burden on your heart right now, you can look for that topic, and there will probably be a reading plan appropriate for that particular topic. You version is a great way to develop a plan. Another way is through Valley Point's Monday through Friday reading plan. And you can find that printed right there in your talk notes every week. You can find that on the app. Generally, the reading plan follows what we talk about on Sundays in an expanded way. For example, you'll find this week that part of the reading plan is in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and a few other passages as well. So you can read once again about eat the book, eat the scroll, eat these words, get them inside of you. And that's a way to reinforce what we talk about here. That's a plan. And I think Monday through Friday is a great goal in terms of spending at least five days of the week immersed in Scripture. You can jump online and just search Bible reading plans. There will be millions of them, no doubt. I have shared this multiple times now, but there's an app called Lectio, L-E-C-T-I-O, 365. It is amazing, and it is a way that you can listen to Scripture. They read it to you, and then you can pause and pray when they prompt you to do that. That is a plan. That is a way to get yourself into the Word of God. I think it's imperative if you're going to immerse your mind in what God has written to us, His story of love given to us in the form of words that you have to have some type of plan or it's too easy just to stop and to bail on reading scripture. So pick a plan and then after that, a place. Where will you meet God? In his word. I was challenged with this several years ago to have a sacred spot in your home or in your office or wherever. But a sacred place And perhaps leave your Bible there and your reading materials, your journals, whatever it is that you use, however you shape that time. Leave those items there so that the place, that holy spot can call out to you and say, it's time. Come and sit down and open the word of God and get back to your plan and reading what God has for you. 
a sacred place, a holy spot. And I know that means different things for different people, but you can probably find some chair time. Maybe it's a chair. Maybe it's your car. I don't know. You got to figure that out. I would encourage you to develop a sacred spot, a holy place. This is where I meet with God and I work through my plan. So a place and a plan. I know it sounds simple, but these things are really helpful when we think about immersing our minds in the word of God. Stepping into the story is more than a resolution for the new year. Okay? It's a way to personally connect with God Almighty. So it's more than a resolution. We're talking about, let's spend time with God himself, right? And allow him to encourage us and convict us and do all of that. Let's spend time with the creator of the universe. So it's not just a good idea. It's a way to be with God himself. According to the New York Post, some 67 million American adults made New Year's resolutions to improve their health back in 2021. But of those who made healthy resolutions, you probably know where this is going, right? 18% already failed by January, and 41% were no longer on track with their top resolutions by July. It was over. I think we all know the struggle with resolutions. Stepping into the story, God's story, the word of God, and choosing a plan and a place is much more than a resolution. It's really about developing a spiritual habit. Speaking of habits, one psychiatrist said that habits are a way for the brain to automate repeated patterns of behavior. To change a habit, we should examine the motivation that precedes the routine and identify the reward from practicing that routine. So think about this for just a moment. The reward from practicing stepping into the story of God and making it a habit is that it helps us to encounter a living God. That's the motivation. I actually have the opportunity to encounter a living God who has something to say to me today about how to live and how to honor him. So stepping into the story and picking a plan and a place is about developing a habit that helps me spend time with God himself and to meet with the Almighty. So the first takeaway, pick a place and Pick a plan, step into the story that way. Here's the second takeaway, and that is search for your verse or verses as you begin to work your plan. And as you're in that holy spot, as you're in that sacred space, opening up what God has given to you and your reading, begin to search for your verses. What excites you? What challenges you? What stirs your heart a little bit? What perplexes you? What convicts you? Often we like picking life verses that make us feel good, but maybe this is the year to pick a life verse that pokes a little bit and moves me in the direction that I sense God wants me to go. What stirs, what excites, what challenges? We could also 
ask this, what gives health and wholeness, vitality and holiness, wisdom and hope? When you find that, you probably have your verse or your verses. As a way to help with this, we put together a list of helpful life verses. We've been doing this for years now. I added more to it. We're up to like five or six pages now. If you want a physical copy of our helpful life verses, you can stop at Just For You and ask for that, and they'll give you the packet, and you can begin reading through all of these different helpful life verses that people have chosen over the years that have been really encouraging for them. If some of the sounds intimidating, that may be a great place to start for you. You can also download that on our church app and view it that way. The challenge here is as you work your plan and your place, what stirs, what motivates, what encourages, what challenges. Once you find that, you probably have your verse or verses for this next year. So have fun. Have an amazing week, church of thinking about stepping into the story. That's what the Bible is, God's story, given to us in love, in the form of words, so that we can read and be shaped and become what we read. So pick a plan, whatever that may look like for you, and pick a place and just allow that time to stir you. And as you get challenged with what you read, you'll probably be able to identify your verses. Let me say this. If you've never walked through this before, you're like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. Sounds great, or maybe you're thinking it sounds terrible. I don't know. However you're feeling, I want to encourage you to give it a shot. If you've never walked through this before, step into the story, plan and place, and just watch what God might do with his revealed words to us to help you think about what is coming in 2023, okay? I want to encourage you to come back next week because I will be sharing with you our church-wide life verse. It's found in the book of Philippians, and I'm very excited about our verse for this year. One of the things that we started doing a couple of years ago is we asked you to search for a verse or two to claim as your own for the new year, and then we choose a church-wide verse. And I will share that next Sunday. We will work at memorizing that. With the church-wide verse comes our one-year goal and rallying cry as well. Last year, it was all about being rooted in Christ from Colossians chapter 2. Next week, I introduce the new one-year goal and rallying cry based on a verse from the book of Philippians. So please come and participate in that. And hopefully throughout the week, you will be finding your verse or verses. Know that we will come back on the 22nd of January. And just like what we did last year, where people wrote their verse or verses on the display on the back walls there on the trees, we're going to be painting over that and putting up a new life verse display for 2023. And you will have the opportunity to sign that as well on the 22nd, or if you're not here on that Sunday, any week after that. But all of that is coming as we walk through life verse. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey of stepping into the story, God's story, given to us in love, 
in the form of words. And may we remember that readers become what they read. Father, we're thankful for today and for this time to just think about what is coming. I pray that you would stir all of our hearts with searching the scriptures and thinking about this new year and what is coming, what we know, and what is unknown. And how if we take time to search and dig, we will find a verse or two that can anchor our souls for what is to come. So God, I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us all to go on this journey. It's worth it. I think we owe it to ourselves to pick up the word of God and to read. So help us. Help us to engage in this. And give us some great verses that we'll be able to use. And if you're comfortable, would you say this with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.